0: to this week's LaFeva CFC podcast. Connect with us via our website LaFevaCFC.com or our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash cFC We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're um, going to be looking at that carol and um, it's amazing that you listen to the words that that song uh, talks about and the concepts that it talks about and how much of the gospel it presents and If I got up on Saturday yesterday and said that in normal language and without the singing and without the history of the carol, I would probably get ignored, booed off or told you can't say those sorts of things in this space because it's not politically correct and all those sorts of things. But our culture loves carols and the message of Jesus Christ is caught up in the carols. So um, we want to take a moment to... Press pause on the hustle and bustle that is the silly season um, and the busyness of Christmas and what that means for you, family events, work events, school events, graduations, and if you're Isaac, getting your peas as well, um, all those sorts of things that are going on in life, but I want to, as we do this series, this Sunday, next Sunday, that you'd also just take this into your own time and actually maybe take a moment to press pause and Listen to some of the carols and let them penetrate the message that they carry, penetrate deep into your heart because they, they carry a great message and sometimes we miss it, we can sing it out of tradition and custom and I'm sure a lot of people were doing that last night, they know the words, they sing it but they're not meaning it, um, but it's a great opportunity for us to just take those times to reflect and, and sing and this, this song is an amazing song, A Little Town of Bethlehem and I'm going to not do it justice in terms of breaking it down completely. I'm just going to pull out a couple of thoughts because otherwise we'd be here all night. There's so much jam-packed into this this carol. Um, Yeah, so it's a beautiful carol. Let me give you some background. Um, I learnt some things this week as I prepared uh, because I've never researched a carol or preached from a carols before. Uh, But Phillips, Phillips Brooks is the writer of this carol. And he was an American preacher, a well-known American preacher. And the story of this carol is that he actually visited Bethlehem. And he visited there on Christmas Eve. He rode a horse from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. No way you could do that today. Um, No, you wouldn't want to be doing that today. Um, But he rode a horse from Jerusalem to Bethlehem And he visited Bethlehem and went there to the place where Jesus was born and sang carols. And um, from about 10 o'clock at night to about 2 o'clock in the morning, the service went on. And uh, something happened in his heart at that moment and during that time. Then he went back to America and three years later, he penned this carol for his church. And he's the, the writer of the words and he gave it to his pianist and said, put a sound to this and if it's any good... Well, we'll sing it and if it's not, well, we'll see what happens. But uh, th- that's all history um, because it's now a very common song that the, the world knows and we all sing. Um, but it all happened from this man or Philip's going and being struck by the moment. And as you, you read, you listen to the song, you just pick up the peace and just the sense of the night and the sense of peace and presence that took place in his heart as he was there in Bethlehem, at the very place where Christ was born. And you can still go there today, and, or maybe not today, today, but you have been able to, in the past, be able to go there and participate in that, and there's a chapel there, and there's, there's things that you can do, and there's a lot of tourism, a lot of Christians who go to Bethlehem at Jerusalem and um, share, share their story there. I'll uh, share, the, share in the Christmas thing, just to experience, experience it. So, Bethlehem, in the back in the time of Jesus... Uh, it was a very humble town. It was 10 kilometers away from Jerusalem. It is still 10 kilometers away from Jerusalem. Um, but it's, it's a humble little place. It's not Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where the temple was. Jerusalem was where uh, the, the presence of God and the temple and Zion and all, the, all those things were there in Jerusalem. So really Bethlehem is an ordinary place. And as I reflect on that, I think, man, something extraordinary, something absolutely amazing happened in an ordinary, humble place. And that still happens today, that Jesus Christ is His birth into our life to ordinary people. And maybe you think you're particularly ordinary, but let me tell you, the birth of Jesus Christ into your life, God does things in ordinary places. God does things through ordinary people. Jerusalem or Bethlehem was the place where the, the priests of the time, looking back at the prophecies from the Old Testament scriptures, were expecting the birth of the Messiah. And they they knew, as they'd researched, that studied the scriptures, and 700 years from the prophecy in Micah 5 verse 2, they had interpreted this to mean that the ruler of Israel, the Messiah, the soon coming king, would be born in Bethlehem. Out of this place, out of this ordinary, humble place. That's where he was going to be born. So they're expecting that at one level. But then the three wise men rock up and they come to Herod and say, well, where's the Messiah going to be born? They say in Bethlehem. And they send the three kings off to go and look, or the three wise men um, to go and see and try and find the child. None of the priests go. Nobody else goes. So they didn't really have this great expectation that, God, that Jesus was the Messiah, was actually going to be born soon. But they sent off the, the Magi, and they went and found a little baby born in a manger. But they, were in, they knew. As soon as they were asked, their immediate response was that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, was going to be born in Bethlehem. Just a humble, ordinary place where unexpected things took place. The unexpected things. Bethlehem speaks to me of, of, for you and me, ordinary, your heart, an ordinary, average place where the unexpected things of God can take place. So what are you expecting? What are you believing for this Christmas? As Christ has given birth, as He's birthed in your life, as you're reflecting on Christmas and His birth and the significance of that, I would encourage us all, to be looking for something unexpected uh, this Christmas. Well, this little place called Bethlehem, as you read through this song, it's in the night and this, as uh, Brooks talks about, talks about it in this, this song, about it just being such a peaceful time and the presence of God being there and the Christ being born, this peaceful, this very, very peaceful night, right in the middle of chaos, right in the middle of darkness, in the middle of chaos, This child was born. And he just gives this glimpse of the peace of that. And that speaks to me, for for you and me, in the midst of the chaos, Christ came carrying peace. Luke 2 verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. And let me tell you, his favour rests on you. His favour rests on you. So the peace that this carol speaks about is also a peace that is resting upon you. It's yours. No matter what stresses you have this Christmas. Maybe it's credit card stress, or maybe that's January the credit card stress comes when you get the bill. The pressures to get gifts, the pressures to what's the menu, what's the food, what's happening. But in the midst of all of that, reminding ourselves that the peace of God rests upon each and every one of us because Christ is upon us and his favour is upon you. That picture is a picture I liked as I was researching and obviously I haven't taken out all the watermarks and paid for it so I've just downloaded it. Um, but that is a picture uh, from Bethlehem and a Christmas greeting to the world from Bethlehem, the ghetto as they call themselves. Um, but that is the wall that is actually between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Um, And I've just found it quite ironic, this place where Christ came to bring peace to humanity, peace to all mankind, um, with the war that is going on there at the moment and the hostility that's been there so long between people groups and nations is, um, is not... It's the opposite of what Christ came to bring. He came to bring peace between God and man, but also peace between... Us and other human beings. And that is not taking place in the Middle East at the moment. Let me make a couple of political comments. And, uh, forgive me if I step on toes. I'm going to be very neutral though. Um, if you are very pro-Israel, I would encourage you to remember the humanity of the Palestinian people. And also all the Christian Palestinians that are uh, caught up in that place, is caught up in what's going on in the conflict as well. So it's not just Muslims or others, they are Christians there in Palestine who are facing the difficulty. So if you're very pro-Israel, I encourage you, please consider uh, the, the, the Palestinian people. If you're pro-Palestine, remember the humanity of the, of the Israel people um, and yeah, for them as well. So it's a t- it's a long history, and I don't want to tr- give a history lesson on it now. But I would just say those those thoughts, and that Christ came to bring peace between all mankind, and and war, and the war that's going on there at the moment. For those who just quick context, I forgot to mention, um, Bethlehem is in the West Bank. Um, so yeah, so Jerusalem's in the Israel part. Bethlehem is in the West Bank part of where the wall separates to, to keep fighting people apart. I just found it really ironic that right in the place where Christ came to bring peace, on that night when we've just sung about the peace and that, that presence that was there, right now there's a war going on and there's been hostility there for, for many decades. I think our responsibility as a believers is to pray for peace into that, that part of the world. Um, and, but for ourselves, there will never be peace. There will always be war as long as humanity and human beings haven't found peace inside of themselves. Humanity, they will, will continue to fight. It will continue to, to fight against. They will continue to have difficulties and struggles with, with tribal groups and nation groups as long as we haven't found that inner peace that comes from Christ. So for each one of us, the stresses, the fears, the pressures that we face, will we look at those? Because when we've got hostility, when we've got chaos, when we've got darkness, when we've got uh, fears and troubles going on inside of us, well then, that's when we fight. That's when we don't have the peace. The, the carol talks about this peace in, a chaos, in the chaos of the world says, the peace for all to man on earth. That Christ would give you that inner peace in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the things that are going on. And also another line in it is that um, the, the, the everlasting light, the hopes, the fears of all the years are met in thy tonight. And to me that is saying that that darkness, that chaos that quite often comes when hope is taken away, when we see no sense of the future, when when we've lost hope, then there's chaos inside. When there's chaos inside, we fight. We get frustrated. We get angry. And it talks about those fears, those fears that rule us. And this is the real trouble with humanity, is that... Um, Our inner workings, when there's no hope and there's fear driven, then we continue to fight and fight and fight. And we'll continue to have wars all around this world until humanity as a whole finds the peace that there is in Jesus Christ. And he promises it. He promises to be light right there in that. uh, Phillips picks up right there in the middle of that, that light in the darkness, the light in your chaos. Uh, So for you individually, if there's chaos and conflict and troubles going on around you, uh, allow the peace of Christ to drop into that space and deal with, with that for you. Because it's only once we have that inner peace that we'll have peace with those around us. And until we get that, there'll always be conflict, there'll always be struggle. I look at Bethlehem, another thing that I see here in this this. This, I keep going to say psalm, this poem, this carol uh, is embracing the humanity, uh, the humility, embracing humility. Bethlehem was not a palace, it wasn't the spectacular place for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be born. It was just a real humble little place. But Christ chose to be born into that place, chose to show his humility, could have been born Somewhere in a, in a castle, in a place of position of power or political power, but no, chose the backsticks in a little, little town, a little very humble place. And that just reflects to me the humility of Christ, which we pick up in Ephesians 2 verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. That is Christ embracing his humility. The carol writer talks about a speech where meek souls will receive him. Still the dear Christ enters in. But that meek soul, that humility of soul and spirit being ready to receive him. And we've we've done that. We've received him out of that place of meekness and humility that he enters into that place. This, this. Now I'm in trouble. Sandra, could you? Try and put those back in exact order and I, haven't, and I haven't numbered them at all so now I'm absolutely in trouble. Um, o holy child of Bethlehem descends to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. That is a very humble statement, that part of that carol. To humbly say, um, cast out sin to cast out my sin, to drive out my sin, to acknowledge my humanity, to acknowledge my weakness and say, Lord, I need you to come in. I need you in me. Enter in, be in me. A position of humility, the journey of following Christ starts with the humbling ourselves and saying, Christ, come in. But it continues with that as us being and posturing ourselves in absolute humility. Christ being born in Bethlehem speaks that to me and then it goes on I love that bit there it says come to us, abide with us O Lord Emmanuel that not only does he come to save us but then he abides within us he rests within us he lives within us and as I was reflecting on this um, Bianca you're going to have to help me Colin I've got trouble there we go, how do we say that Bianca? Come on, you're the artist amongst us. I'm throwing you under the bus because I'm not going to. Kintsugi is a form of Japanese art where something that is broke, they break something or something's broken and then it's reassembled with the gold and the pattern in between it. So what is broken becomes something even more beautiful and even more precious as... The artist spends the time putting it all back together, recreating what was damaged and broken and smashed. And humility for you and me is to acknowledge, well, we are broken, we're damaged, we're sinful, that that has been broken and that is the reality of humanity. But Christ the artist, Christ the restorer, Christ the the rebuilder comes and puts Puts us back together to be something even more beautiful. It's a beautiful form of artwork. As I was just looking through the pictures of it, and it's just—it's absolutely amazing. And the finished pieces are even more beautiful um, than the original, the original broken piece. And see, that is how it is for us with Christ. Colin, I think there's one more. Just all the different styles of the art. And to me, that speaks to me of just picking up that sense of what that carol is, the, that last paragraph in that carol, that sense of the humility to say, I'm broken, the humility to say, I've, I've been wrecked, the humility to say, oh, there's been problems in me, and through me, and my words, or different things, but to say, ah, oh, I'm going to look to Christ who was given birth, who is birthed in us, and he comes and puts the pieces back together. That he does that for us individually, but he also does that for us collectively as a church, that he puts us together to become something so beautiful for him. But that he's done that with your life. And that at times we can forget that, at times we can think, oh, well, that's not, I don't feel it. But out of our brokenness and in putting us back together, there's a great sense of, uh, of Christ in us and abiding in us. And I just see just look at that picture, that, that joining together of all those broken pieces. is, you know, that, that is the Christ to me, the picture of Christ. Gluing us together, putting us back, but it's still very obvious. Yeah, the original shape is there and things are there, but the obviousness of the gold and the piece, that, that's putting it back together. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says this, But we are his treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing... Power, but belongs to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That Him abiding in us is that we would shine His glory. That Him being in us, ordinary humble people acknowledging the humility of Christ but just acknowledging our humility. So yeah, I can be like a Bethlehem, an ordinary place where God is given birth, where Christ dwells in and I can invite Him in and He would come down and give birth in me To something and abide in me to create something beautiful out of my brokenness, out of my dysfunctions, out of my sense of, you know, inadequacy, but Christ would come in and he would be glorified. Not me being glorified, but him being glorified, that we have an amazing treasure that abides in us, that lives in us, that dwells within us, putting us together to do something extraordinary for his purpose. Do something extraordinary for him. So would you respond to God's gift this Christmas? Whether you're a believer or not a believer, whether you're walking close with Christ or far from Christ, I'd encourage you this Christmas, draw near to him. Let him abide in you. And that starts with humbling ourselves and saying, I need humbling ourselves and saying, Christ, come and dwell in me. Come and live in me. Give birth in me. But also for us to also say, okay, God, I've got, I'm expecting more. I'm an ordinary person, but I'm expecting you to do something out of the blue, something unexpected in me this Christmas time. Tara, would you come and just lead us in that last song that you sang? Not, not the carol, but the one before that. Um, yeah, come Holy Spirit. I want to just finish this time as we sing this song that Christ does come by his Holy Spirit. The name Bethlehem actually means house of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am manna from heaven. He comes to feed our souls and feed our spirits. So um, as we do, get um, prepared to to sing this. Very conscious of um, Effie being unwell, very conscious of Dawn being in a lot of pain, um, and if there's others that are unwell, I'd love to just um, pray for you as well at this, in this moment. Let's um, say so collective prayer. So if you, you're in pain and you'd like a prayer, Steve, you're in pain, mate. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll pray for that as well. That this Christmas. So, but just that sense of the presence of Christ and uh, He being with us. But as we just prepare, I'd love to to pray for those. So. Is anyone else that... uh, Danny, you're in pain as well. Yeah. A Yep. And um, Beck, you want us to include Sam? I think he's... Or is he? Yeah. Yep. And Susan. Now I've got to remember everybody. Hallelujah. That'll be a work of the Holy Spirit to remember all those those names. But yeah, Christ came. Emmanuel, God with us. The one who feeds our soul. That he is the one who feeds us but he sustains our bodies and physically he does heal and um, sometimes instantaneously sometimes using medication uh, and sometimes there's a long journey of suffering uh, in that place as well but we do believe that God comes and heals so we will pray for that as well before we sing let's pray together if you're near one of those people we just want to put your hand on their shoulder You want to jump out of your seat if you're close enough and just pray for that that'd be good but let's pray for each of each of those people um and for keep effie in mind as well who's online father we just pray right now for all of those amongst us who are suffering from severe pain for susan for dawn for danny for stephen for effie for sab for um for valda lord jesus for each and every one of them lord we pray that that your peace that we heard about in this, this carol would just come and rest upon them. Lord, peace that would bring um, a relief from the pain that they're struggling with, Lord Jesus. Lord, that they would just get a glimpse of your light and your power and your presence upon them. Lord, you're a miracle-working God. And we look to you to, to touch those that are in the room, those who may be, our Effie who may be watching online, who Sam who's out at work. But Lord, we just pray for your power to come upon them your healing touch to be with them, that the sense of you abiding in them, restoring that brokenness and bringing them back, that error in their life that is out of alignment or out of order or just not a behaving the way it should be, Lord Jesus, Lord, we speak your healing power into that and Lord, we know that nothing is impossible with you. And Lord, just as we pray just for a real sense of your anointing and your spirit to rest upon each one of them. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for that. Oh, Lord, bring about your healing touch. Bring about a release of the pain, Lord Jesus. Oh, let it go down in Jesus' name, I pray. Lord, I also just pray for each one of us that this Christmas we'd take a moment to pause and just to think about the great messages that are incorporated into the carols and that they would inspire faith within us, they would inspire hope within us, that they would drive out fear. And Lord, I pray that this Christmas... Would be a time of joy and of celebration and of being consciously aware of your abiding presence which brings peace oh lord i pray that upon each and every person lord those who are struggling with anxiety or fear or worry about what uh christmas day is going to be because of finance or the the family that are going to be in the room or the people they're going to have to meet um, lord i pray that each one of us would just be Covered, Lord, those who've just got a busy schedule with so many things and functions happening, that we would just be confident of your presence and confident of your peace that would just drive out those feelings of worry and anxiety. And Lord, that this Christmas would be a time of great celebration, a great rejoicing, but a great awareness of you, Emmanuel, being with us. Hallelujah. Let's just sing this song together as we bring the service to a close.